Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey. And Graham, it's only us today. Me and you, we've been abandoned by the rest. Sean on a day off, Toby on a holiday. He should be back next week, but just us so we can we can shoot the breeze about what's happening in the football transfer world. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. Back to the original, you know. It's like, it's like this is NFL. where it started. Yeah, it's like the NFL. They're doing it this weekend, where a lot of teams are taking it back to the old-fashioned uniforms. We're taking it back to the start. It's cool. <laughs> yes, uh, this podcast is a weekly podcast talking all about massive transfers that are either on the agenda now or later down the line. We we say that we'll talk managers as well, but we never really seem to factor it into the running order. But yep, no managers featuring in it this week either. We'll, I'll get into the running order in a second, but you can subscribe in all your major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes. And follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders and at Graham Bailey for all of the latest transfer news from 90min.com. Usually come from us and the rest of the team. Today, we'll talk about uh, Nkunku to Chelsea. That's been on the agenda on Friday morning. A little bit of a bizarre one to me, so I'll have a few questions for Graham there. We'll talk Jude Bellingham and Real Madrid. We'll talk Newcastle's future transfer plans and a young player that they have signed and confirmed on Friday morning. We'll talk Atletico Madrid, Jan Oblak, David De Gea. We'll talk Liverpool's potential uh, look at the new Mohamed Salah in, uh, you know, uh, quote marks there. I'm doing that if you can't see me uh, on the audio platform. And... Arsenal for Vlajevic, it doesn't seem like much in that. We'll also talk about a young Chilean prospect attracting the interest of a number of Premier League clubs. Uh, but yes, let's, let's jump to Chelsea first, Grim, mm. because uh, updates on 
the likes of, well, they, they've got a new manager for starters. Graham Potter has his first Premier League game uh, this weekend against Crystal Palace. And obviously we know everything that Todd Bowley's been trying to do over the course of the summer. Some of it's worked, some of it hasn't. Uh, there's some updates today on not only one player potentially coming in. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second in, in Nkunku, but let's maybe start with uh, Christian Pulisic, perhaps, because what's what's the latest on him? Uh, and how do you think Graham Potter's going to look at this Chelsea team moving forward? Because there's a lot of players in there that haven't been getting as much football as they'd like. Yeah, I think Pulisic is a really interesting case. You know, his people are looking at January for options. We've heard Juventus, quite a few in Italy like him. And, but I think he's a player who Potter could get the best out of. And I think Chelsea think this as well. And I think Potter is going to give him a chance, especially over the next six weeks, to see what he can do. He's been struggling for America as well. There's been a lot of stuff in the American press. I was on American radio earlier this week. And wow, that's really not a happy camp. You wouldn't think they were going so to. So was I, actually. I was too. Uh, talk, yeah, talking it, about Wales. Yeah, it, They're not happy. It, no, they're not. They're really not. I think they're quite frightened of your Wales, Scott, actually, to be honest, because there's no harmony there. And, you know, Pulisic gets a lot of stick, but he's such a talented player. And I think the Chelsea fans not not raised the white flag with him, but he's such a talent. He's more so than someone like Zayic, who yeah, he's a good player. But Pulisic has a, so much. He could be a... He could be a world beater, he really could. And I think Chelsea have asked Potter to see what he thinks, obviously go through it. If not, he might go in January. But I think he's got a real shot of the next six weeks. And um, we'll see where it goes. Obviously, that right-hand side, we'll talk about in Kunku in a minute, but they didn't get one in the summer. Um, but I think Pulisic has a real chance here to force his way into Potter's plans. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what Potter will do because, as I mentioned earlier, Chelsea have a lot of players... High-profile players, expensive players that have not been getting the football that they want. I think of likes of Hakim Ziyech, who hasn't been happy and been uh, close to potentially moving away. Uh, Aubameyang has been signed under Tuchel and now has a new manager, having barely... Did he play for him? I, I, I can't remember how that lined up. It happened so fast. Uh, but Chelsea are in the news on Friday morning uh, around uh, a potential move for Christopher Nkunku. Now, Greg, can you explain to me what's going on here? Uh, from our end because the suggestions have been from other places that he's undergone a medical uh, a year in advance uh, what, what's what's happening here? Yeah, sources close Chelsea have confirmed to us Scott, he, he did have one in, in, in August as it turns out. Chelsea have been doing a lot of business with Leipzig, we know Werner went back there, they showed an interest in Sesco um, speaking to Vivelle the sporting director as well about a possible role at the club so there's been a lot of conversations there and Kunku really interesting yeah he's had his medical it's been said to me from people close to him Kunku yeah he did have a medical medicals happen all the time in football especially nowadays you know I remember Miralem Pjanic having one at United Scott a few years mm-hmm. ago you know doesn't mean they're going to sign and this puts Chelsea they are favourites for the player but nothing is agreed between the clubs nothing is agreed with the player He's very much in World Cup mode, it was said to me. Um, he's looking to obviously go there with France and have a, a big roller. And I think Leipzig, they obviously open to this. He's got a release clause next summer, which kicks in just under 60, 60 million, million euros, right? Yeah. And But if he goes to World Cup and is, and is a star turn, you know, they could probably get more than that. So it's a, it's a really interesting one. I'm a bit biased on this one because I, I, I watch Rangers a lot. I covered Rangers for that even last, last year in the um, Europa League and their, and their trip to the final. And then Kunku, as I said on the show at the time, he was so disappointing. And But, you know, you can't judge everyone on how to play against Calvin Bassey, but he had him in his pocket for both mm. games. Um, it's a really interesting one. I think it's where Chelsea, it's not done. 
there are other clubs interested, but Chelsea seem to be in poor position. And and, and the former Pulisic, the guy we we're just talking about, could have a major bearing on this. If he comes in and really impresses Potter, does well, would there be a need for Nkunku? Possibly not, because he's one of these forwards, isn't he, where he can play across the not front. A fixed, not, yeah, not a fixed not position. A, yeah. yeah. So is he what Chelsea need? Possibly if they do need someone on the right, he can play there. He could do a good job. Yeah. But um, it's a really interesting one. This, uh, Yeah. It's one we can keep an eye on and uh, see what else comes in for him. But yeah, at the moment, Chelsea are favourites. So I'm guessing this medical under was undergone before uh, Thomas Tuchel was, uh, was sacked and Graham Potter was appointed. I, I know that mm. Chelsea have to get their house in order regarding the sporting director, and there's a, a a number of candidates in the frame there. Uh, obviously, but yeah, like you say, nothing nothing agreed between the clubs, nothing agreed with the player, but a medical, I'm guessing, just to vet him in a sense to see if there's any long term issues. Is that yeah, is possibly? That I did ask the question: Was he potentially part of the Werner deal? Would he have right. made the move in August? Um, I haven't had an answer on that to be honest just yet. I. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it came out that Chelsea tried to get on Kunku as part of the Vern deal later on. It, it would have fitted into what they were trying to do. Um, that hasn't come back to me yet. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously they're putting plans in place. I want to make sure if they're spending this much money, if they do have to pay a 60 million release clause that it's there. Yeah, it's an unusual one. But hey, in this Todd Burley era, we love him. Nothing surprises us. It's uh, great fun, isn't it? So, um, it, Graham, are you, are you on the all star debate? The raging all-star debate. Did you yeah. see the the, the suggestions uh, on Thursday around potential league all-star teams facing yeah. up against each other regarding that instead of the North versus South, which went down like a sack of potatoes? I, I quite like it. Do you? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind it. As long as it's not the 90 min office choosing, because obviously Granite Zaka would captain that team if it's the 90 min office choosing it. Um, Harry, Harry's raging behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> He wouldn't, he wouldn't get in the 30-man squad <laughs> if it was up to me. Um, I don't say I like it as an idea, Scott. You know, in terms of logistics, insurance, pay, who pays? Who pays Man City if Phil Ford and breaks his leg in this game? Mm. Um, I just don't see how it takes off. Um, you might have a legends version of it, maybe, but no, I'd like to see it happen. I, I would, but I don't think there's any way, shape, or form it does happen. Personally, so uh, let's say that does happen down the line. Which league all-star team will Jude Bellingham be playing for? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a really, really good question. Um, Real Madrid think it'll be the La Liga team. Liverpool think it'll be the Premier League team. It's really interesting. No decision has been made from Bellingham's camp. We did a story in the week, uh, last week, sorry, um, and then we did a story this week, um, confirmation from Real Madrid's end. They are doing everything they can to make sure that, not saying that Jude Bellingham knows that he's got an option to come to Madrid. And Madrid are very good at putting these plans in place. As we know, Scott, they had that plan to get um, Tuchemini um, and Mbappe at the time. Um, obviously, that didn't work. But just thinking that Real Madrid midfield, Scott, as we said, Tuchemini, Camavinga and Joe Bellingham, Valverde maybe moving to the right. You see, Valverde's been playing on the right and out wide um, as a stopgap, but he's looked so good. Sensational out there. So, um, yeah, Madrid want Bellingham. It's 100% to do. Um, they're in the competition. Liverpool want him too. I do wonder whether Liverpool, whether it gets too expensive for them at some point. You know, they have paid the money for Darwin Nunes. You know, on the, mon- on the on the money question, I mean, Dortmund have in the past stuck to, well, they stuck to their guns on, I remember when we were reporting on Jaden Sancho in 2020. 
mm-hmm. and uh, they pretty much stuck to their, I think it was 120 million price. Uh, the next summer, United did end up getting him cheaper. Jude Bellingham, I think, is under contract to 2025 and does not have a release clause in his contract like Erling Haaland did. So how much do you think they... Is this going to turn into a bidding war or is this a, a, a price is set and meet it and we'll let him go kind of thing? Or like, But like we like we mentioned on last week's show, he might even end up staying. Yeah, very much so. Um, Dortmund offering him a new deal. Um, I think there's a, there's a decent chance, I don't know, my suspicion is a decent chance he stays for another year, Scott. I think he could. Um, leading into Euros in Germany. What better place to prepare for the Euros in Germany than Germany? Um, I think it's a it's one we need to consider, and I think in terms of bidding war, I don't. I, I think it's just down to the player, Scott. Where if he says to Dortmund, "I want to play for X or Y," that's where he's going to go. If he says, "I want to play for Liverpool," get the deal done with them. I want to play for Chelsea, even Man United, but we know he's not that silly. Um, hey, <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, playing with Casemiro is worst things you could do. Um, or, if it, or is it Real Madrid? I think it'll come down to the player. I think it's probably a bit like Mbappe. It'll come down to the player where he wants to play. He, hey, he may even end up at PSG. They are in the mix as well. So, no, it'll be up to the player, I think. Um, and we'll, we'll wait until after World Cup. That's what his people are saying. We'll see how his World Cup goes because, you know, he's got a battle in his hands to get in that starting eleven at the World Cup. And I think that's where his concentration is at the moment because he knows, he and his people know, Scott, he's not going to, he's not going to be down with job sent many times soon as he's got, he is at the moment the most wanted player in the footballing universe. So um, it's, it's going to be re- his choice. Really impressive and crazy to still think that Jude Bellingham is only 19 years old and only yeah. turned 19 back in June. He has uh, his entire career ahead of him. What kind of player does he want to be, I guess? Does he want to be a mm. player who goes to Real Madrid for 15 years and wins everything under the sun? Does he want to try a few different leagues out? Is he going to be the English player who never ends up playing in the Premier League? That would be a weird one, wouldn't it? That would be quite quite something. But well, there's, like well, you said, Graham... If you end up in that Real Madrid midfield with... with... Tushimini and Kamavinga at the midfield for 10 years. It, it, it is, and that must be an appeal to him as well because he's seen the way that Real Madrid have mm. planned and maintained their level of success transitioning away from... They've done a really good job of it. I know the midfield transition isn't isn't finalised yet, but they have started to make strides in that direction. But from the team that won multiple Champions Leagues in over, over the course of a few years to maintain the level of success last season that they achieved... Uh, it must be appealing to see for a player to see that a club as iconic as that have managed to transition and maintain a level of success. It must really breed confidence for the future as well. Yeah, and and you know he could go there, have twelve months with a Luka Modric, maybe if he hasn't retired by that point, Tony Cruz. And I think the professional approach of Real Madrid in the last you know five to ten years, you know they've learned so much. I know Florentino Perez, huge friends of Sir Alex Ferguson, and he wanted to build this de- dynasty at the club. Um, and, and to be respected like Sir Alex and United were. And he only has to look at Catalonia to see what a mess there is there in terms of how Barcelona are now. Their standing in European football is nowhere near. But Real Madrid, they're so professional at the minute. Aren't they? It's scary how professional they are. And there's no panic buying. They're, they're doing everything. I think Perez learned from earlier in his career with the Galacticos and he knew it wasn't quite the way to do it. And I think he's learned so much from that period. And now it's just the planning is immense. Yeah, maybe the Eden Hazard transfer is was the final, the yeah. final reminder that that's not the right the right way to do it. Uh, they have uh, pivoted since with their transfer plans, but taking a chance though, they're taking a chance. But rather than let Bellingham go to Liverpool and then paying 
200 million for him. Think, well, like the Chumani and Camavinga, let's get them from the base. Like, is there saying yeah. Hazard from Lille, as they probably should have done, let him go to Chelsea? It's, it's just a more sensible approach, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, Real Madrid have done very well as well to contend with the uh, masses of Premier League money as well, which has mm. been, uh, you know, the, the gap, financial gap between the Premier League and other leagues is is massive and for Real Madrid to kind of stay at the top of the tree during that period as well uh, is very, very impressive. So we'll see what happens with Jude Bellingham. But speaking of Premier League money, Newcastle United are the latest rich club uh, in the Premier League. And we have uh, a confirmed signing in the name of, I believe he's 18, Graham, Garan Quall, who is... Just turned uh, 18 a few weeks ago, yeah. Just turned 18. Central Coast Mariners, am I right? Uh, signed and gone back on loan there. That's been confirmed. But Newcastle are also planning some potential other transfers. This That's one for the future, I'm guessing. What about the, not immediate future, but the next couple of transfer windows? There's a couple of transfer targets from a Premier League rival, potentially. Yeah, on, on Kowal, very exciting. Um, Australian just made his debut for full national team. So the plan is to load him out in January. But it depends on his World Cup, his Australian status. If he goes to World Cup and starts three games, I'm told that will have a major impact on his uh, work permit application. So we need to keep an eye on that, see if he gets in the squad and see if he goes. But yeah, a very good player to keep an eye on. The other two are two players that uh, Eddie Howe tried to sign in the summer, um, James Madison and Yuri, Yuri Tielemans. And what we're being told is they would take both players in 2023. Um, they had different positions, we know that. And I think this is the thing in Newcastle now where it's the depth that needs looking at. You know, having James Madison and Tillemans, yes, they would start, but it's just having that extra depth, isn't it? When Bruno's not fit, having someone else in there. Uh, we've seen Sean Longstaff playing recently and, and not taking any away from him. But if you are going top six, it's probably not the type of player you want coming into your midfield. So, Did yeah. you tell um, that to Man United when they tried to sign him and for £50 million? <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, they've, they've got McTominay, they didn't need him, did they? Um, yeah, this is really interesting. Madison, one, isn't going to go away. I think, obviously, he's looking at um, options. And we know Arsenal, Tottenham, both like James Madison, they have done in the past. I think that's one for the summer. Tielemans is interesting. Will Leicester allow it to go in January? I think the player might be thinking, I might wait till ja- the summer to go on a free transfer because he's available for nothing next summer. Um, interesting one, though. Newcastle definitely like these two. And I think there would be both outstanding signings for Newcastle that would improve that that squad no end um so yeah keep an eye on Newcastle they are going without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Be busy again in 2023, but you didn't need me to tell you that. Of course, Leicester on the on the opposite side of things are, you know, having mm. a nightmare season, plenty tipping them for relegation. I personally I don't see it myself, even if Brendan Rogers is staying, but it's really not going too well for them. But they do have uh, in the run up to the World Cup now, I've been checking on my fantasy football FDR list they have a few green fixtures coming up over the next few weeks and an opportunity to turn it around but it's not uh, the start of the season has not gone well for them a number of players have already left important players like Casper big, Schmeichel. big few weeks for Brendan we didn't we said we, we aren't talking about manager Scott but you know he's very much on a, um, a hot seat yeah. at the minute, isn't he 
He is indeed. Uh, well, let's switch up to another United in the league. Although this is more of an Atletico Madrid story, I guess, but it does surround Manchester United goalkeeper David De Gea, who is out of contract in 2023. Manchester United have an option to trigger a year's extension on his deal. Eric Ten Hag is the new manager. David De Gea is one of nine players that United uh, have to make decisions on. Um, and what's the... What's Eric Ten Hag's thinking here, Graham? Because we'll get to Atletico in a second, but it's not nailed on that he signs an extension at the moment, is it? It's a strange one. You know, United are having talks with his people, etc. I think I think Ten Hag, the feeling from what I'm hearing within the club, he does quite like to hear. He likes his presence. He likes his demeanour. Um doesn't like his short short footwork game on, on the pitch, but don't pass it to him in the box, and I think you'll be okay. I think... I think there's a. I think it's really fifty-fifty in the minute with the hair. Um, is it? Is it a better the devil you know? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not always easy to find a goalkeeper. You know, they are linked to our black, etc. Um, I think we're looking at alternatives as well, including to here. So yeah, I think United fans from you'll know more than me, Scott. I think they 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 do love to blame to hear quite a lot for certain things and his footwork isn't great. But as I've always said, I think there's a, there's a lot of issues to solve at United. I don't think the hair was in the top five of issues to solve when he came in. So I think it's, it's a, it's a, it really is an issue. And then I think what they're thinking about is do we then sign a player and then what do we do? Do we let the hair go for nothing or do we put him on an extension for a year in the hope of selling him? I think that's a really big conversation they have, you know. I think with him being such a loyal servant and, and one who's been there over 10 years, I suspect if they go for another keeper, they might let him go for nothing. Yeah, there is the issue of uh, his... He's one of the United's highest earners as well. Yeah. And as we've seen, it's not been easy to put the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench. And there's always a question there of having your highest profile, highest earning players not playing each week and to add to that with uh, the likes of David De Gea if he, if he is replaced perhaps it does make the most sense if you you know everyone remembers the stick Pep Guardiola got for uh, discarding Joe Hart in favour of somebody mm-hmm. else uh, a few years ago Claudio Bravo I think it was initially before that didn't work out and Edison came in uh, but maybe we could see similar here uh, but in, in terms of De Gea himself he's interesting Atletico Madrid and they are, there's a little bit of uncertainty on the future of Jan Oblak. So mm. Atletico are looking at, as we've reported this week on 90min.com, Atletico are looking at a number of Premier League options to potentially replace him because it's not all happy at the moment with the, with the with Oblak, is it? Yeah, it's a strange one. Obviously, he, we understand the six-year deal was signed in the summer. Atletico haven't confirmed that officially, but everything we're hearing is um, that he did actually sign that deal. It's a really interesting one, yeah. From both sides, we're hearing it's not. I say it's not happy campers at the minute, Scott. You know, they're they're blaming him for a little bit. It's almost similar to the De Gea situation where he's been blamed for a lot, and he's thinking he's twenty nine now. It's just it's probably his last chance for a big move, really. And he's always quite fancied United. United have always liked our black. We know that. So you know, if if United, there could be some some sort of not a swap deal here, but if United agree to let De Gea leave on a free to go to Atletico, you know. You're probably going to get a reduction from them in, mm-hmm. in some way. So it's a really interesting one to keep out. It wouldn't surprise me if our black was in goal for United next season and De Gea was there. Um again, I just think that with De Gea, I think that I think Ten Hag would quite like to keep him, but I think the reaction the fan base, etc., I think want him out, don't they, Scott? Really? It's, it's, it's actually quite interesting because the, there is an element of the fan base that 
really respect what David De Gea has done and mm. the fact that he's won numerous Player of the Year titles for United. Pretty damning, actually, for your goalkeeper to win as many uh, Player of the Year <laughs> yeah. titles as he has. But it's proof that like there was, you know, he was probably at one point. I don't know whether you you agree with this. Probably the best goalkeeper in the world for a spell. Mm-hmm. I don't think he is that anymore. Um, obviously, the the footwork and the the short passing is a potential issue. Uh, maybe you wouldn't call him the modern goalkeeper, but he certainly no. he had a bit of a wobble around the the last World Cup, didn't he? Which which sustained for a little mm-hmm. while. Uh, but there is a it's, it's kind of a split in the camp. There are some who think that United should stick by him, stick by the loyal servant. Always said he he loves the club and would like to continue. I think there. it's that thing where if you're going to stick with him, you give him a new contract. If you don't, let yeah. him out on a free, let him out on a free. I, I think the option should be forgotten about. Really, if I'm being honest, I think they should forget about the option. If it should, and it's up to Ten Hag. If he is he your keeper for the next four years, yeah, new contract. If he's not, let him go on a free. They also do have the Dean Henderson factor as well to uh, to bring into play, even though he's conceding uh, he, goals left, right, and centre. Yeah, he's Forrest. he's proved it for us. That that's his level. He's not he's not Manchester United number one, and I think Gareth Southgate is on a lot of money way. though, isn't he? For a goal, he he is yes, and Manchester United are paying this. Uh, well, Forrest are paying it, but there wasn't a loan fee. It's you know it's not costing United anything being loan there, but yeah, um, he he is on a on very good money. I'd say he's probably the top ten keeper pay, in payment wise. So you've got two of the top 10 in terms of that at the moment, yeah. But, but do they have two of the top 10 it. goalkeepers? You know, this is the this is the question. Anyway, mm. uh, decisions to be made on David De Gea, decisions to be made for Atletico on Jan or Black, which is it's a little bit weird timing considering the, the contract has been signed, not announced until 2028, uh, for things to turn pretty quickly after that was signed. Uh, he's been linked, I've, I've seen uh, Tottenham mentioned this week, uh, Chelsea potentially as well. Chelsea are trying to sign everyone though. Uh, Tottenham's what... an interesting one. Tottenham's a really interesting one. You know, Loris, I think this might be his last season there. And and Chelsea, it, you know, Kepa is just hamstringing everything with them. The new contracts also with Mendy, etc. The new the could say is come. He he is just behind the here in terms of his contract. And let's not forget these long term contracts get bigger and bigger. Yeah. So what? While we thought Kepa was on a lot of money when he signed, he's on a lot more money now. He's not even got a look in in the first team. So interesting. Uh, maybe big clubs will start to learn that big fees aren't always the smartest way to go about business. Uh, one team that have not uh, traditionally gone down the route of spending massive fees on players are Liverpool over the last few years. Might change having seen Darwin Nunes uh, signed in the summer. Jude Bellingham is certainly on the agenda, as we mentioned earlier on. He'll cost a hell of a lot of money, but they are looking at the new Mohamed Salah, potentially, Graham. Yeah, Ibrahim Adel, a very highly rated place for pyramids. Um, was a subject of a bid from Nordisland in Denmark over the summer. Yeah, it's one who Liverpool are doing the homework on. You know, I think I think most teams, most big teams in Europe, have their scouts in in around Egypt looking for the new Mo Salah. Um, and everyone, including Mo Salah, thinks this kid is it. Um, so, yeah, um, Liverpool looking. Brighton, no surprise there, looking as well. Um, they're always, always in there looking for the top talent, aren't they? So this is one who quite a lot of clubs are keeping an eye on, but we understand Liverpool are looking at him. Um, they are considering an approach. He wouldn't qualify for work permit at the moment, so he would be one to buy, loan out. But he's only 21. He is, a, he is an Egypt international, but he's only got three caps, so he probably wouldn't quite get a work permit at this moment in time. Shifting through quite quickly because we've done a little bit of Liverpool, uh, but there's some other potential moves on the agenda. 
or not on the agenda in this case, uh, because I'm going to move to Arsenal. And they have been interested in Dusan Vlajevic, who is at Juventus at the moment. I think he was... I, I always like really forget about timings, but it was this year he signed for Juventus from Fiorentina. <laughs> it was, yeah. it, it was in January. Seems like forever ago. But um, Arsenal were, I believe... Re- Vlajevic chose Juventus and Arsenal were in the, in the picture at that time. There have been suggestions from elsewhere over the last few days this week that Arsenal might come back in for him. But I looked at those straight away and I thought, that doesn't make any sense, does it? So is there, is there any substance behind this? Because they have Gabriel Jesus doing quite well up front. They do, yeah. Um, I think Arsenal will always have, retain interest in him. They loved him. They did a lot of homework on him. And they thought they did have a genuine chance. But no, Vlajevic is not going anywhere. Um, he, this Juventus team is being built around him, um, and and the players happy there. You know he's he's he started well there, and you know I think Arsenal probably making it onto his camp. You know, if he did want to leave, there's a landing spot for him in North London with them. But no, um, there's a lot of happening, a lot of things happening off field with Juventus, um, manager wise, etc. Will Allegri still be there in January? Doesn't look likely. Um, and then the contest situation, but no, Vlaovic, no, he's making it known. He he wants to stay. Obviously, there's losses, etc. Juventus, he's one of their most sellable assets, etc. But no, um, if this was a Bayern Munich sniffing around him, you could possibly say that. But no, he he'll be staying. He'll be staying at Juventus till the end of the season. He'll be going to the World Cup as well, hoping to have a major impact there. You know, I think the Serbians, um, as we said off the podcast, I think Serbia might go very deep at the World Cup. Um, with Mitrovic and Savic. Milinkovic Savic in midfield, Graham, who's average. <laughs> well, I hope to see John Watt Scott. I've seen this, I've seen Milinkovic, Milinkovic Savic about a dozen to 20 times, and I must just be unlucky. I've just never seen him have a great game. Yeah. He's okay. I've just never come away thinking, wow, look at you. Um, you know, like I do with Marco Verratti whenever I see him play. I always think, what yeah. a player he is. Um, I'm just unlucky, I guess. I think he's a decent player, but I just don't see this world class player that everyone tells me Lazio have got. He's been, yeah, there's a reason why he's still at Lazio, I would guess. Uh, potentially priced out of a move, but Serbia, like you say, do have some options up front. I know mm. Mitrovic, Alexander Mitrovic, who is going into my fantasy team this weekend. And everyone uh, forget Luka Jovic as well. Oh my he was, God, he I was, forgot about He was the, the, yeah. the darling of European football when he went to Real, wasn't it? So That's a hell of a front three to cram into that team, but uh, maybe it doesn't work that way. But um, yes, uh, let's move on to the final section of the show today. An 18-year-old Chilean uh, player, Dario Osorio, is interesting a number of Premier League clubs and has been put out on 90min.com under your name this week, Graham. So what can you tell us about Dario Osorio uh, and who is potentially looking at him? Yeah, 18-year-old midfielder, um, one of the best young players in South America, we are told. Um, Chile think he's their best prospect since, since the likes of Sanchez, Medel and Vidal, who are all still in their national team, by the way, which did surprise me. Um, he was taken on this European tour this month, um, but he wasn't played, which didn't go down well in Chile. But he did play for the under-18, under-20, sorry, in a tournament against England, which is when a lot of scouts paid close attention to him. City, Liverpool, Chelsea, not unsurprising. Um, and Brighton as well, who their South American scout is second to none. So, you know, if Brighton are looking at a South American player, he must be okay. Um, so, yeah, he's really highly regarded, this boy. I said he's only 18, but yeah, want to keep it. This could be one for January, 
the loaning back, etc. But yeah, it's not just Brighton, but it is the Liverpool, Chelsea, Cities, who were all in Spain to watch him play against England. Um, and they did get beat in the Costa Kalida Super Cup, but he did impress, apparently. So Costa Kalida Super Cup. Yeah, England and uh, Chukwemenka scored a brace in this game. Yeah, England um, sent a very strong squad over there, actually, for that, for that tournament, and they did really well. But yeah, this guy, um, he's already in the Chile national team. He's one to keep an eye on. He's um, a huge Italian boy. We won't see him at the World Cup because Chile did not qualify this time around. Interesting indeed. Uh, Graham, we have Premier League football and Championship football back mm. this weekend. Uh, you'll be at the Manchester Derby, won't you? How do you uh, just uh, before we before we wrap up today? What are you expecting from that? Well, I went to the one last year, and it was um, it was dire. Yes, I remember. <laughs> well, well, Kevin De Bruyne put in one of the best performances I've seen in a long time. Where some of the stuff he was doing literally got applauded in the press box. I'm expecting a lot more from United. You know, um, apparently you've got a world class centre half now. Well, in Sandro Martinez, let's see how he does um, up against Erling Haaland. Um, I fully expect City to outplay you from start to finish. Scott. I think I'd, I'd say two 0 but let's see how it goes. I'd like to see ten. It's, it's got, I'm, I'm loving seeing Ten Hag in person for the first time. I'll, I'll be keeping a close eye on him on the sideline. It'll be really interesting. Um, I think there's not much pressure on United here, so I do wonder if they're going to come out and do stuff. I'm not going to see Bruno Fernandez playing up front in this game, which. Yeah, yeah you might do. I don't. I don't know. Really? Maybe no, he will. Please, if if, if Marcus Rashford doesn't hidden. make it, maybe the the false is Martial not fit. Martial isn't fit either by the suggestions. Or I I wow. could see the suggestions are that Marcus Marcus Rashford isn't fit. Um, but it would not surprise me if he is uh, brought back in because I feel like his he played in that last friendly though, didn't he? But he was out wide. If I remember correctly, I think he played out wide. Yeah. Um, and Sancho, Sancho, I think that was the start of the Sancho Renaissance. Actually, he played quite well in that last game. But yeah. So I'm hope I'm hoping to see a bit more from United here. It'd be interesting to see how the the progress they've made since that game. Um, and they can't be any worse than what they were. Yes, I think that's the that's the big thing that's changed uh, with United uh, followers. You know, we we sat through tons of awful, awful ninety minute spells last season. I think that. Although they, they have turned a corner, it has only been four games in the Premier League that they've turned that corner. Um, and so it's not, a, it's not a big sample size, I've been saying. What about the Borough, Graham? What about the Borough? What's happening there? Uh, we've, got, we've got a relegation derby clash. Um, <laughs> relegation clash with Coventry this weekend. Yeah, it seems that um, the Chris Wilder era may be coming to an end fairly shortly. Um, it's not a happy camp at Middlesbrough in a minute. It's such a shame because we've got we've got a squad capable of being top six, but at the moment we're bottom six. And uh, yeah, I think the major merry-go-round could be uh, stopping at the Riverside very shortly. Oh, that's a big shame. It's a, it's a it's a sad note to finish on, Graham. <laughs> at least <laughs> the Browns yeah. are going well. At least the Browns are going well. <laughs> yes, if you are watching uh, or if you are listening on an audio platform, Graham is wearing a Cleveland Browns hat. He's very happy with how things are going at the moment. But yes, uh, this has been Talking Transfers. We'll be back next week, hopefully, or maybe, with uh, more than just me and Graham. Back for the Irons in the Fire chat with Toby. Uh, maybe we'll have Sean back in or Harry, who's feeling a little bit under the weather today. Uh, so best wishes to you, Harry. Hope you uh, manage to rest and recuperate. But yes, we'll be back next week. This has been Talking Transfers. Uh, find us on Twitter too, at underscore Scott Saunders and at Graham Bailey for the latest transfer news from 90min.com. And uh, you should see as well uh, some promotion of this podcast 
on the 90 min underscore football Twitter handle too in the next few days. So thanks very much for listening, everyone. Enjoy the weekend of football because it's not going to stop now until the World Cup. Uh, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.